Hello Optimists and welcome to Optimist in Progress with me, Tom Johnston, and my co-host, Dr. Drea Lettermendi. Hi Drea, how are you doing? Hi Tom, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Today we are picking up on a conversation that we had with Matthew Biancanello, who is a self-taught but award-winning mixologist, author and a TV host. And his journey that he's on now is such an interesting one. And on the face of it, he's had some real challenges, but actually seems kind of energized by some of the adversity that he's had. Mm-hmm. In fact, he can name a number of what I would call uh, catastrophes and traumas that he's experienced pretty directly and, and, and that have kind of shaped his professional journey and I think at first blush, we get this like vicarious feeling of devastation. Um, one of the examples he gave was um, how he set up this amazing restaurant in Malibu. And, you know, within how many days did it burn down? It's just a handful of days, right, Tom? I think it was five weeks, but he described in their conversation spending months and months almost kind of living there, helping nurture his own bees that he was keeping to make honey to create mead uh, in the restaurant and it was a long-held dream to open that restaurant and just five weeks after they opened their doors the Woolsey fire which devastated huge areas um, particularly around Malibu just took it out and I was amazed by the conversation with him there where instead of focusing on the loss of a restaurant He focused on all the things that he hadn't lost in that fire. He focused on all the skills that he'd gained in preparing to open the restaurant, in finding his rhythm there, in opening it successfully and it being incredibly well-reviewed and some learnings that, you know, he potentially didn't have the perfect business partners there and was able to see all those things as progress even in the face of the devastating loss of a, of a restaurant. And in a lot of ways, I think that we are a little overly focused on things. And when we lose things, um, of course, naturally, we feel sad. We feel a, a, a deep sense of loss and um, devastation. Of course, his, his dream just completely got wiped away. And as he described the aftermath, kind of the recovery piece, it made me realize and remember that things, uh, objects, and um, and even the spaces we're in are are really they're so temporary, and the it's it's really the experience we have with them and around them that mm. uh, that creates the joy. Um, and it, I'm amazed at how much joy and happiness he expressed to us as he's describing this devastation. Uh, yeah, it's it's just uncanny until you realize that, um, you know, many of us could do that. Many of us could overcome that kind of loss and have overcome that, that kind of loss as we focus on the holistic experience. He almost seemed to have developed a skill set. So he, he did admit to after losing his restaurant in a fire being down for a while, but then being able to see the positives of from it. But then not long after that, when COVID hit and he was and everyone was kind of caught by surprise by it, he said it took him a matter of days to start a a kind of bottled cocktail program that he was selling all over the country. And I wonder if there is something that he 
put in place there or even a muscle he developed that allowed him to understand what was positive, what he could do, what was out of his control and what things he could build from in there. Is there is there something in there that could help develop that muscle? Because it seems like a really useful thing to do, to be able to, you know, in the face of big challenges, actually be able to read them very quickly and then pivot and make positive actions forward. There, There is a, a ton of research around resilience that explores the right dose of adversity. Um, you know, too much adversity um, might overwhelm our system. You know, too much trauma, too much uh, loss um, may not help us build the the skills and remember the skills to, to keep moving forward. But there is some research that shows that what Matthew's doing is incredibly healthy and it's focusing the experience through the journey itself that that he's completed the journey and uh, understands what is leading him to the destination rather than focusing on the destination itself. And psychologists call this an enhanced perception of personal growth, uh, simply meaning that like your experience and your interpretation of your growth isn't just, oh, tick this off. I, I got to that goal. I got to that destination. I achieved this thing. But more or less, um, gosh, what did I learn and experience in building toward that goal? Um, so, so put more simply, when we think about goals that, that we have, maybe it's getting fit, maybe it's um, something in our personal lives. Um, often, we do better when we are thinking about sort of the day-to-day journey toward that goal. So for people who, try, who are trying to get more fit, it's really thinking toward or thinking back on the hard work that we did every day. If we're exercising or um, creating a new routine, um, what's important is what we learned from those techniques and decision-making and discernment, not necessarily a, you know, a final outcome. And it's, it's hard for us to do that. I think a lot of times we're, we're looking for the tangible things and we have to take a step back and mindfully think about, wow, you know, I did a lot of hard work to get there. I imagine Matthew, he would be uh, accessing all of what he learned in, you know, building uh, that, that honey farm, um, how he was uh, curating and cultivating all the, the materials and ingredients he needed. I mean, all the, that lived experience, that experiential part that... Mm that got him to, you know, realize his vision, um, that sticks with him. The things are lost, but, but the, the memories of, of that experience are, you know, incredibly developmental for him. Is there something in the way that you view big events like that too? Because I think it is very easy to look at something bad and a fire and something burning down is such a clear and obvious symbol of losing something. It's is there something in, rather than looking at that, that was something that kind of happened to him and was devastating. Is there something in, in, in the way that you look at it yourself and, you know, understanding how you see those events that can help people move on from it too? Yes. And it's the power of our mental interpretation We've talked about this when we talked about stress before on the show, that just interpreting and reframing stress um, toward a different kind of energy can be really healthy for us. And the same can go with something like loss. When we see something in a new way, we can appreciate 
particular aspects of it. And in fact, we can see positive aspects of, you know, even the most devastating things sometimes, because as humans, we're able to feel gratitude, um, you know, appreciating something that we, uh, we got to experience. Um, and, and it's really, really helpful. You mentioned COVID as this kind of next event that impacted, of course, all of us, but impacted Matthew in a certain way. And I, I agree with you that it's likely that his experience and resilience with the 2018 fire probably helped him build an insight around how to handle this mm. this next crisis. Um, and, and that's actually really healthy for us, too. When we reflect on some memories, the past events um, that are kind of downers, that can actually help us recover from adversity, depression, and even trauma, um, because we're, we're remembering the, um, the turning point. We're remembering how we coped. We're remembering that we survived it. And survival memory is um, so elemental to our resilience. Uh, Matthew really gave us uh, an amazing life story that helps us see how that works. Yeah, and he wasn't avoiding talking about any of the hardships and in fact was welcoming conversation around them because I think they were important parts of his story and he recognized that they were just part of it. They were not the whole thing, they were not taking over. They were just part of his own narrative. Um, what I thought was really interesting also is his creativity now. He's now set up a very progressive, very interesting, highly conceptual uh, supper club, which he is running from his house and will have other iterations that I look forward to talking to him about soon. And um, what was interesting for me is that he wasn't saying, okay, it, now... now uh, I've uh, I've opened one restaurant. I've uh, th- really thrived through the pandemic. He wasn't saying, "Okay, it's now opening another restaurant and another restaurant after that," and having a series of goals that were very clearly laid out in front of him. In fact, what he was doing was focusing really hard on his creative process and coming up with some incredibly original ideas um, for what he's going to do but it wasn't they weren't kind of fixed clear uh stakes in the ground they were much more about an ongoing creative process um is there is there something in that that helps progress as well yeah i like that it's it's his outlook that um that i think we can tap into a little bit the idea that um if we if we sort of uh approach our, and now we're talking about our professional journeys here, but any kind of journey, any any kind of um, any kind of series of milestones, that if we're mindful about experiencing the process of it and not overly fixated on, say, the the goal that that we are trying to reach, that is um, that can be healthy. And yeah. I think, so, you know, it goes both ways, too. It's, it's always, always helpful to be goal-oriented and envision the, uh, the milestone or the outcome that, that you're working toward. And, of course, you have to build out the different steps to get there. Um, we, 
being proactive is a huge part of this. Um, but some people who are overly focused on the goal, just super mm. fixated on it, um, can almost sabotage themselves. Um, there's actually a term for this. It's called cheraphobia. This is when uh, right. it's a phobia. It's when people are actually really scared of the negative effects of reaching their goals. Phobia means fear, right? And chero yeah. has to do with happiness. So how does this go together? It's it's actually <laughs> the fear of, you know, reaching this envisioned outcome that's supposedly going to make you happy. And the fear is that like, gosh, what if I get there and I'm disappointed, I'm sad, um, I'm let down, the happiness might be fleeting. Um, and so for people who are overly fixated and have this fear of the final outcome, um, they kind of give up, they, they, they'd rather not get started on their goals. Um, so in saying that, I think the approach of exploring it, and I'd say even embracing the journey itself as rewarding, as being happy, as being joyful, not waiting till the end to, to feel joyful about it, it can be really healthy for us. And, and it can avoid that ultimate feeling of letdown. That's really interesting. And, and the idea that people are intimidated by big goals, we're always told to set goals and know where we are along the path to achieving them. But actually, the goals can be really intimidating. And I was reading something this week that talked about the 10 minute rule for people who in a work environment who are a bit intimidated by a big goal that they had, a big audacious aim. And the 10 minute rule was just start and see where you get in 10 minutes. Because by moving in 10 minutes, you'll be able to just move it slightly forward and work out if your goal is the right one or, or not. But I thought that was a kind of really interesting piece. And, and what I was inspired by with Matthew was he was almost set free by his setbacks. He was rather than thrown off balance by them. What it seems to me is that each time he's challenged, he comes back more creative. And he described starting as a bartender at the Roosevelt Hotel, not knowing how to make cocktails, but actually it was because he didn't have the knowledge of how to make classic cocktails that he sort of reinvented the way that they were constructed to be much more fresh, much more organic, much more interesting, much more natural. And likewise with the, what he's creating now, he is set free by not having to be in the constraints of a restaurant environment or the mixology program where he's making the same drinks every day. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. The idea that you could actually, with a setback, be liberated, be set free in some way, and it can help challenge or channel the next direction for you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, this is a guy who didn't feel constrained by uh, the limitations and, and the the uh, environments that he was. I mean, this is a guy that swam with whales. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that, um, you know, I'm glad that you're mentioning these aspects of his creativity and innovation. It's really uplifting because we when i when i think about swimming with whales i'm terrified but the message here is um exactly what you're saying could some level of um you know risk taking could some level of innovation some level of sort of breaking out of the box um be liberating be uh, create be, build creativity and help develop the self. Um, absolutely. I think that's where I gain a lot of knowledge from his conversation. It's that sense of breaking out of 
the mold and and discovering all the different ways that failure, success, and journey uh, can really build a lot of insight uh, in, in order to to move us forward. That's really inspiring. And 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 is there a tool or any techniques that you think you could use to be aware of where you are in the journey so you have perspective and you can help make these decisions or make you know help frame a challenge in in a different way or help understand what you need to do next there are some re- reflective exercises that can be helpful and some people like journaling which which i'd say can accompany this process but the reflective exercise is really a um a process of looking backward, um, doing that psychological distancing that we've talked about before on the show, um, getting out of the present and reflecting on moments in the past. And it doesn't have to be 10 years ago. It could be yesterday. It could be last week. It could be last month. And the question that we ask ourselves is, um, you know, what changed last week or yesterday? What was Mm -hmm. different? What, where was I in my mindset? And how is the self right now in this moment different from that self from that previous time? And it seems kind of straightforward, but this helps us concretize change. It helps us to realize, I, I do feel like last week I was in a certain mentality or I had, had been pushing through a stressful experience and now I'm insightful about it. Now I have even just the smallest amount of, of development, of insight from that memory. And I think that that would, just those touchstones, I guess, help people know where they are, can understand if the journey is feeling like it's a, a positive one or if they need to change direction on it. And just those simple questions can just bring awareness to um, where people are now. Yes, and, and it has a lot to do with our survival. Um, there's this amazing book by psychiatrist Viktor Frankl called From Death Camp to Existentialism. And it's, it's a light it, title. Yeah. <laughs> From Death Camp to Existentialism. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, gosh, are we ready? I mean, maybe at this turning point in the pandemic, we might be ready for a reading like that. But I mention <laughs> it because... Um, Victor Frankl was a psychiatrist and neurologist who uh, had endured several years as, you know, as a prisoner in multiple concentration camps where he experienced torture, uh, you know, trauma and the loss of, I think, all of his family members. Actually, it's just harrowing. But what he did during that time was... uh, was constant reflection and journaling and writing of his experiences as as harrowing as those experiences were. And I bring this up because I, I do believe, and, and for folks that are familiar with his work, that this led to his survival, that the mm. ability to, um, to be aware of those experiences and to be um, processing the impact of those experiences and not get overly devastated and give up. Uh, it, it's truly a gift for his experience as, as sad as it, as it is. And he did make it out and, and went on to create um, 
a number of theories that were helpful for many, many disciplines, including the field of psychology. Um, it really helps us understand that talking about the goals and being fixated on the goals is really, really not um, helpful for our mentality as much as um, the the meaning of our experiences could be. So it's sort of that life purpose, that meaning, that um, that idea that we can contribute something. That mentality is, is what helps us survive and push through and, and overcome these uh, ad- adverse experiences. That's incredibly powerful. And I think I'm really inspired by Matthew's ability to pivot and and change. But what's really interesting to me is just the perspective that can be gained and the creativity and energy that can come out of challenges where they can almost um, propel people forward and inspire creativity rather than restrict uh, progress and creativity. So thank you, Drea. What an inspiring conversation. Matthew Biancanello is an, an incredibly creative, inspiring force himself. And it's been really helpful to understand some of the tools that he's used in order to keep creating and get more creative and be set free by his setbacks. Agree so much. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for listening to the Optimist in Progress podcast, brought to you by Optimist Drinks. This podcast is presented by Dr. Drea Lettermendi and me, Tom Johnston. It's produced and researched by Lisa Far Johnston, with original music from Reginald Science Perry and edited by Brian Ward and Aginia O'Dell. Email podcast at optimistdrinks.com with any questions or ideas and follow us at Optimist Drinks on Instagram for updates on upcoming shows.